We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's. Danny Morang here. No Brandon Sprague. He's he's dying. He has no voice, uh, which is perfect timing because that means I get Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin all to myself. Uh, Joe has uh, graced us or uh, willingly given us some time here uh, in a very, very busy part of the schedule. Joe, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me, Danny. Hey, listen, anytime that is the uh, general manager, uh, general manager of the Trailblazers, um, the, the buck, so to speak, obviously stops with you when coming to uh, player personnel and transactions. And this is a off season that you yourself hinted at. We had you on uh, the beginning of last season to kind of frame what this season was going to look like. We talked about the two timelines and how you kind of the biggest thing for you was you wanted to see who could play with Damian Lillard. Starting there and then working our way forward real quick. What did you learn about this season about who can and can't play with Damian Lillard? Mm -hmm. Well, I learned quite a bit. I mean, the initial thing, you know, where we didn't have a lot of data was the Anthony Dame combo where, you know, those two had obviously played together for four years previously, but not in the, in the sustained role where it's, you know, both guys starting, both guys playing, you know, north of 25 minutes together per night. So seeing that combo and that interaction and how those two uh, learn to feed off of each other, you know, on both sides of the ball, I thought that was that was good to see. You know, it was for, for Anthony, it was last year, he didn't have a huge body of work. So going into this year and seeing him put together a really complete 60 games, I thought that was, you know, one really good dynamic for us to see just those two, how they jive you know, on and off the ball together. Um, the other thing, you know, that we had no data on was Jeremy Grant coming in. So Jeremy, it was, I thought he, he just blended in seamlessly, basically right from the get go, right during training camp. A lot of it, you know, is his, his game is so versatile and so adaptable, but also just Jeremy's personality, his competitiveness, his unselfishness, his, you know, team first approach like that stood out to us right away. So Jeremy's interaction with the new group and how quickly he acclimated, I thought was really encouraging. What so, a, oh, go, ahead. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Oh, so, so those two things. Yeah. The, the next question I think in, in that iteration is, as it pertains to Damon and is that mm-hmm. 
to make improvements to this team, you're likely going to have to look at trades with Anthony or Shaden or one of your starters if you're going to drastically improve the team or depending on where you guys land in the draft lottery. When you look at this right now and you look at the data that you did have between Damon Ant, are you comfortable mm-hmm. going forward with Damon Ant as the backward pairing? Very. I think those two give us one of the most dynamic backcourts in the league. Um, with that, we've got to do our due diligence, you know, in balancing out the roster and filling out our starting lineup, you know. So I think we're going to look at all kinds of different vehicles to acquire players, whether it's the draft, free agency, trade. You know, we've got to cast a really wide net and get, you know, not just as top heavy and as talent laden as possible, but also start building like quality depth. So, um, you know, that's what last season was about for us. It was, you know, we were still in talent, talent acclimation mode. And I think we've acquired quite a bit of talent. Now, you know, I don't think we're we're comfortable with our talent level. We want to keep pressing forward, but also at the same time, we want to start building a roster that really fits with each other. And I think that starts with, you know, our depth and, you know, some of the mentalities that we add, you know, we've got to get, you know, some playoff ready basketball players. One of the things that I looked at, uh, I want to say it was about a month before the season ended was the weighted average age of the team. And looking at it, it was, I want to say, around 20 or 40 days older than the Cleveland Cavaliers, whose only starter over the age of 25 is Donovan Mitchell. And yet you had 32-year-old Damian Lillard and 28-year-old Yusuf Nurkic and Jeremy Grant. One of the things you talked about in the uh, exit interview was, was getting veterans. With so much youth on your roster right now, how do you... How do you get more veteran-laden? How do you have a team that looks more like Sacramento right now? Or I I hesitate to use Golden State because they have a lot of youth as well. But a team that takes a step basically out of nowhere into into hyper-competitiveness because of, one, top-end talent, but two, veteran and experienced talent behind it. Yeah, it's we're going to have to get really active in the trade market and in free agency, you know, and start shuffling the deck a little bit. Like we've got to, you know, last year for us, we were extremely young, especially on the outskirts of our rotation, you know, the eight through 14 guys. And we've got to shuffle a little bit of that, at least to where we're, you know, acquiring these playoff ready veterans that can not just, perform during crunch time, but also, you know, fill in during the the rough patches of the season. You know, if we have an injury, that's where, you know, last year we, we didn't have more injuries than most teams. We just had consistent untimely injuries and we didn't have the depth to sustain them. And I always felt like we had a guy or two go down. Um, it just really affected our second unit, you know, as we're challenging those second unit guys. Okay, some of them become starters and then the guys behind them. We just didn't have enough guys that were ready. So our challenge this offseason, among many challenges, is to build that quality depth, some of which has to come from more veteran leadership. Now, I wanted to ask you about some CBA questions, but the CBA has not been ratified, so technically you cannot answer them. So everybody who's asking about them, I'm not dodging your questions. Joe legally cannot answer them. They will get in trouble. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But a question that I have gotten that it doesn't pertain to the CBA, but does pertain to the money side of things. The mm-hmm. team has avoided the luxury tax the last two years. And with a mm-hmm. team that is rebuilding, that's, I think it's something you can justifiably tell fans. You're not going to invest heavily in mm-hmm. a team. To compete with Damian Lillard, you need to invest heavily. To re-sign a Jeremy Grant, it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Anthony Simons has already signed. Shaden Sharp is under contract. But if you're bringing another veteran, you're going to flirt with, at bare minimum, and more than likely get over the tax line. Is ownership mm-hmm. comfortable paying for the luxury tax for the team that needs to compete? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think, you know, and Jody's shown that, that willingness to do so, I mean, almost throughout her you know, her tenure here, you know, I think, what was it? Three years ago, we had the highest payroll in the league. Two years ago, we were pretty deep into the tax before we took a step back out of it. So for Jody, I mean, she's terrific and she's such a, a great partner where she's dumping resources into this organization left and right. And, you know, one of the biggest commitments of course is the luxury tax. And, um, when the time is right, I think we'll definitely, um, won't shy away from that. One of the questions um, that is uh, was asked repeatedly in here is if there's any movement or news on a potential G League franchise for the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. It's something we're having a lot of discussion about, both internally and externally, just um, trying to figure out what situation makes the most sense and the timing of everything. But um, from Jody on down, it's something we really – support and believe in and we're hoping we can get something done when you look at again i know you can't speak on other players but when you look at a a franchise like the kings and what they have done they were a team that was not expected to be anything at best flirting with the 10th seed Mm -hmm. does that give you some kind of hope strength belief framework for getting this team to that point and as it pertains to that point, when you talk about a team that is competitive for Damian Lillard, I have often thrown around, I don't think Damian Lillard needs to have the 2016-2017 Warriors to compete. The idea of the 2014-15 Trailblazers, Dame, West, Nick, LaMarcus, Robin, that team. When you're talking about being competitive, you're in the sliding scale of that Blazers team to the Warriors, you know, kind of what... What is the hope as far as what you're trying to achieve this summer? Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, the Kings, they're, they're a great example and an inspiration to a lot of teams where you can make, you know, a handful of fairly significant moves and play with the right style and spirit, and it will take you a long way. I think it points to this league. It's, it's interesting right now, just the competitive balance portion of it. Like we've seen more parity this year, you know, especially in relation from the really high-end teams, say the teams with the best records in the league to the median and on down where, you know, the gap has been this year as small as we've seen since probably the early 80s. So I think you see that around the league where a lot of teams are looking around saying, look, we've got a chance here if we get some of this right. You know, and to your point, sometimes it doesn't have to be a home run. You may not have to build a super team in order to compete at the highest level is can you put the right pieces together that really jive like a Sacramento team? If I don't ask you this question, I feel like I'm gonna get stabbed in public. 
Do you think Shaden Sharp has shown enough to be considered a, a starting caliber player next year? Um, yeah, I think he's, you know, the question you have when anytime a player pops late or you don't get a ton of, you know, sample size out of what happened, you know, for Shaden, this was, he played extremely well for 10 games and, you know, I'm a, I'm a natural scout. So for me, I'm always looking at, okay, what's, what's the high end? Show me what this player is capable of. And then I'll try to guess whether he can sustain it or not. So I think the big question is how consistent can he be and how sustainable is that consistency early on in his career? I don't think there's any concerns long-term as to, you know, whether he's going to be a good player or not, but I think next season for him, he's fully capable of being a starting level caliber two guard in our league. He's as talented as they come. He's, mature beyond his age as far as his approach, his mentality, his ability to pick things up, um, the versatility in his skill set, his being able to play both sides of the ball. You know, he has quickly blown through some of the issues that a lot of rookies, 19-year-olds, even players in their rookie contracts, you know, these guys struggle with this for multiple years at times. And you know, Shaden's just so capable that I wouldn't put anything past him. I think he's capable of getting as to be as good as he wants to be. And I don't think being just a starter is even close to his ceiling. When you look at this team right now, if there's if there's one thing, I know there's multiple things you want to address, but if there's one thing that is is front of mind outside of the idea of giving Damian Lillard a competitive team. What is the one functional thing that you want to improve most with this roster? Well, the number one thing, like it is putting a functional team around Dame. Like we want to be as good as possible or be as good as we can be as quickly as possible. So to do that, we need to fill a lot of gaps and plug a lot of holes and fix a lot of issues with the roster. I think I talked a little about this earlier where we've got to continue to get more talented. Like there's, you know, you watch these playoffs and they're rolling out seven, eight, nine really good basketball players. So I think that's our challenge. It's finding two, three, four, five guys, whatever, you know, that count is to get to nine or 10 plus the quality depth behind that to weather the storms. But let's say a handful of really good basketball players that not just are capable, but fit well with this, you know, this group and with Chauncey's system and with what we're trying to build. One of the things you and I talked about was that dual timeline and threading that needle. How -hmm. confident are you that you can put together a team that heads into next season, barring health, that is Mm -hmm. a top four, top five seed in the West? Mm -hmm. We're confident we can get better. Um, And we're confident that if we put the right group of guys around Dame and Jeremy and Anthony and Shaden and all these guys that we're starting to build with that, you know, the ceiling's pretty high. We're a team that, you know, I wouldn't, we're not going to be afraid to play any of these teams in the West in the playoffs if, you know, we do our job right this summer. And that's our big challenge. And, you know, we're ready for that. And we're optimistic that we can get some stuff done. I'm going to get you out of here on this one. This is more of a a theory question. Um, This is from uh, Jeff Kramer, uh, 
CBA guy. I'm sure I think you, you actually know him. Um, That's storyteller, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, he asked, coming into your position as a current member of the staff versus coming in from the outside, what are or were the pros and cons that you've kind of picked up over the last two years? Yeah. Um, pros are just your intimate knowledge of the organization, you know, whether not just existing staff or existing players or those kind of things, but also just the history of this organization, the passion of the fan base, the, you know, the intricacies of the city and all these things. So like, it's, it's really easy for me to sit down and talk to a player or a staff member that I'm recruiting and talk about the trailblazers organization. You know, I've been here almost longer than everybody to where I can, you know, talk about the days with Brandon Roy, or I can talk about, you know, what it was like when Damian Lillard first got here. I could talk about how great this fan base has been, um, since I got here in 2006 and the changes we've seen over time. So I think that institutional knowledge is probably the pro. The con would be sometimes, you know, it's hard when you start, like I did, I started as an intern, um, you know, and just kind of slotted my way up step by step by step and just really grinded it out. Sometimes you, are still viewed as that person that, you know, first started, you're viewed as the intern or you're viewed as a scout or you're viewed as a cap guy. So I think it can be difficult for any person that's in the same place for too long to not be typecast in certain roles. And, but I give, uh, I give myself credit and I give this organization credit for seeing what I was capable of beyond, you know, what I was asked in the past. I think they saw my potential and it shows a lot of, foresight and in-depth study of me in order to, you know, believe in me to give me this opportunity. Well, thank you for giving us the opportunity to have you on for a few minutes. I want to let you get out of here because I know you're about to be a very busy man. Uh, I lied. I've got one last question for you. I think this is kind of a quick one. Have you decided who's, who's going for lottery day yet? Yep. Decided. You want to tell us who it is? Nope. Not yet. (laughs) We're going to come up with a cool way to announce it. Awesome. Okay. Um, Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we will look to revisit, uh, I think, after the lottery, uh, kind of catch things up. Or excuse me, after the, uh, after the draft, uh, I can catch up with uh, hopefully after a bunch of moves, and then we'll uh, circle back then. Thanks again, Joe. Thanks so much for having me.